minus three, two, one. PWC, we are go for launch. This is Launch Hour, the story of PWC's marketing journey, powered by Salesforce, with your hosts, Joel and Mike. All right, everyone, welcome to episode three of Launch Hour. I'm Joel Caruso. And I'm Mike Wisniewski. Mike, good to hear your voice again. It hasn't been as often as I like, so it's good to catch up with you when we have a chance to record these. Yeah, so for everyone's benefit, Joel has moved on to uh, other things. We won't say bigger and better things and is working on some different projects within PwC, whereas I'm still very much involved in the program day to day, which we're going to get into with our guest Lauren a little bit later. It's nice that we have this time to talk and catch up and feel like we're getting to be grizzled young vets at this whole podcasting thing. What do you think, Joel? How are you feeling about it? I like to think so. I settle in and I feel a lot more comfortable. It's a little bit more normal to talk at nobody and hope that people listen later on. But uh, yeah, I feel confident. We are learning as we go. And for anyone who ever wants to make a podcast, I suggest you do a lot of research or have someone on your team like the Toronto Sound team that we work with. They're both fantastic guys. Aaron and Q and have been absolutely instrumental in making our podcast sound super professional. And I think that came out in the first two episodes. So hopefully everybody enjoys those and you're excited for a big episode three yeah absolutely shout out to the toronto sound guys for making us sound good shout out to sanaz for helping us get organized and guess we should talk a little bit about uh marketing cloud stuff huh oh, oh is that is that what this podcast is for <laughs> yeah 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 it is actually people people don't want to hear us talk about how good we are <laughs> we're, I, I heard some people liked my mullet reference in episode one we're the party in the back so it's okay to go kind of cash like the kids say so yeah. but getting into some stuff we do have some stuff that'll hopefully be good on topic marketing cloud content for you guys and i kind of wanted to start to talk a little bit about one of the big challenges on any program like this is you're not just rolling out marketing cloud to all the territories and you're not just making sure you're managing the scope tightly in a way that as we'll talk with Lauren today on in a way that makes it maintainable at a global level but also accommodates the business requirement needs and market that make those territories unique it's also about making sure that you're not just basically catching fish for these teams but you're actually teaching them how to fish so I wanted to talk for just a second about some of the enablement we did from a technical standpoint and I'm not going to get into detail but definitely if you guys want to hear more detail in a future episode, hit us up, hashtag PwC Launch Hour on Twitter or LinkedIn. But some of the key topics when you're talking about marketing cloud that you really need to think about enabling people are, first in the context of you're building emails, you're building what are called landing pages in the marketing cloud or pages where when someone clicks through a key call to action on an email, call to action is just a simple way of saying, what's the goal of this email? The goal may be we want this person to click on this email to sign up to receive these emails that make PwC sound like the great company that it is. So they click on uh, the call to action or the link in the email and it takes them to a form where they enter the information. Well, in order to build those super looking emails and to build those exceptional looking landing pages and forms where you take in that key data because data is king you need to know first html and css in addition to that it's really key to learn a couple languages that marketing cloud supports both within the context of email as well as in the context 
of cloud pages. One of them is a fairly universal language, server-side JavaScript, which for those of you that know JavaScript but you may not understand server-side, JavaScript is just a pretty universal programmatic language. Server-side just means the scripting syntax is the same. It's just you're declaring that the script is going to actually be executed on the cloud servers since we're talking about a cloud-based product instead of on the client side of the web application. And then finally, the thing that you really need to highlight, you know, if you're familiar with Sales Cloud, everyone's probably heard of Apex if you're technical at all. That's the proprietary language, which is ironically kind of similar to JavaScript that's used for doing some custom programming on top of the Sales Cloud and Salesforce core platform. AmpScript is the equivalent of Apex and Marketing Cloud. It's a proprietary language, and I'd encourage you to check out our help files because we have some great resources there. But essentially, as any of you who've programmed know, once you learn your first language and understand logic and object-oriented concepts, it's pretty easy to learn another language. So really, when you're putting together an enablement effort, the best place to start is to understand that while everyone may be overwhelmed if you played the couple minutes that I just spent talking about technical enablement, when you break it down and distill it to, hey, if you know HTML and CSS, which a lot of digital marketers do, AmpScript is no more complicated, nor is JavaScript. It's just different, and you're doing more data processing rather than making things look pretty, but it's no more or less complicated. So one of the key things to do is to really try to demystify it. But that said, technically enabling people on a platform is only half the battle. If you're going to go to the trouble of putting a new marketing platform out, we talked a lot about this with Nicole in episode one. Joel, you want to talk a little bit more about kind of changing the approach to marketing and making the whole thing less siloed between sales and marketing and how you guys went about doing that on this program? Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into that, you speaking about a lot of the, the technical knowledge and programming languages reminded me of a story that I don't know if we've spoken about it in a while, but JSON is is a programming language. And I, and I don't pretend to know anything about programming or anything like that, but we had a project manager out of one of the territories and she'll laugh when she hears this, really, really concerned about who this Jason person was <laughs> that we were talking about. She's like, I don't know who Jason is and, and why do you keep bringing him up? And <laughs> and it ultimately ended up being JSON, which is a programming language. And I, I had no idea what, what it meant, but I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, and if I can jump back in on that, that's a great pull great reference. You're not the best color man in the league for nothing there, Joel. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example of what I'm trying to get across. JSON, J-S-O-N. It sounds complicated, but all it really is, is it's a way programmatically to pass a string of data from one web page to another or from one software to another via integration. It's just a formatted way of passing data, similar to if you've heard of XML or if you've heard of SQL. They're all just a way of logically organizing data about a person who signs up on a cloud page and passing data. So once you get past the jargon of it and get people down to those fundamental concepts, that's really the key to disarming them is just making them realize don't get intimidated. If you understand the basics of object-oriented program, what you're doing on Marketing Cloud at the end of the day becomes quite simple. Awesome. And yeah, thanks for the the added detail on that. So that's that's definitely uh, something to consider. And, and I always laugh at that story. That's great. So I think, yeah, it's it's a good time to talk a little bit more about the business side. And yeah, you're, you're right. We did speak about this in, in some other episodes. But one of the big things that 
when we tried to ensure that the transformation was happening across all of the different PwC territories that we worked with and making sure that they were getting the most out of Marketing Cloud, we tried to ensure that everyone was keeping these three things in mind. So we called them the enablement behaviors to become a modern marketing firms. The first one is being customer obsessed. So Marketing Cloud and the fact that we also use Sales Cloud as our CRM platform gives us a 360 degree view of our customers. So we're able to really understand what kind of work we're doing with them, what kind of work we're trying to sell to them. And due to the fact that we're integrating with Marketing Cloud, what emails they're receiving and things like that. The other enablement behavior is act as one firm. And this is all about collaborating with others, establishing best practices and creating a consistent client and user experience across the globe. So this is really big and difficult, and we're going to get into it a little bit when we talk with Lauren during the interview. But because we're a global group of firms, we're not just one large corporation, but we share the same brand across the world. So every individual territory has their own needs and every individual territory has their own legal requirements. But at the end of the day, as a customer, whether PwC is marketing to you in Canada, the US, Australia, New Zealand, it doesn't really matter because you see it as one company and one brand. So we want that experience to be consistent across the world. And then finally, our third enablement behavior is lead with insights. So with Marketing Cloud, we actually get, and I talked a little bit about this when discussing around be customer obsessed, but we have all of the different insights available on the various accounts that we're using, how much our marketing spend is going to specific areas, what type of engagement levels we're getting with different clients or prospective clients that we call leads in CRM. So those three things together are, are really how we'll achieve our global vision and enact accountable change across the world. One of the key things that we did in order to help drive forward the modern marketing change across PwC was creating modern marketing journeys. And I think we might have mentioned this with Nicole, but this is one of the, the key digital enablement things that we used as a tool to get people excited and understand how is it applicable to me? How do those three things actually apply to me? All of this modern marketing is fantastic and great, and it's enabling us to become a leader in marketing and really understand our clients better. But the best planning and, and the best execution still requires ongoing risk management. So my you're probably the best person to talk about this being more technical than I am. Yeah, as we'll hear a lot from Lauren, PwC did a great job with Lauren's role, as we'll hear more about on the global technology team and Joel's team as part of the consulting team that was uh, brought on board to handle this rollout. They did a great job of prepping these modern marketing practices Joel just talked about and building collateral that explained it, that trained it in a way that worked like we talked about with Nicole and using the learning rhythm we talked about in episode two. We did technical sessions to talk about all the tech topics I mentioned earlier, and I overlooked one. It's also good to know SQL from a data processing standpoint in Marketing Cloud. So you can plan all of that out and you can execute all of that. You can keep your scope lean and you can execute tightly against that MVP and what little changes you have to make from territory and do all that right. But you still have risks at the end of the day. The two biggest risks from my experience in any software development project, not just marketing automation or Salesforce or Salesforce Marketing Cloud, is data migration and third-party integration. And one of the great things strategically that PwC did was First, you guys chose to implement Salesforce's Sales Cloud CRM system as your CRM system of record. Second, you chose to implement the Sales Cloud first before implementing Marketing Cloud. And what was so strategically important about those two decisions and what some of our listeners who are considering cross-cloud projects I think can learn from is essentially Sales Cloud when you're implementing it to integrate with Marketing Cloud is acting as your database of record for all the data, for all the contacts and leads that you want to market 
market to. So by doing the sales cloud implementation first, essentially you're handling all data integrations as it relates to lead and contact data and using the robust platform tools we have in our core or sales cloud platform to handle all the migration of contact and lead data into sales cloud. So by implementing that and stabilizing that first and then implementing marketing cloud, I think you do a couple things. First of all, our marketing cloud product, while it's excellent and I think it's very competitive with any marketing automation product out there, where it really shines is when integrated with sales cloud, when you're able to basically get that 360 view of the customer. You know, here's all of our CRM activity, all of our sales calls, etc., and here's all of our marketing activity that via the connector gets fed back from marketing cloud to the CRM side. That's what really unlocks the magic of sales cloud and marketing cloud together that I don't think any other marketing product by itself can compete with. So that was one key strategic decision you made was to really lean into the Salesforce ecosystem and making sure you unlocked the power of both platforms. The second thing that was a great decision by PwC was to implement Sales Cloud first. By doing that, by making sure all of your contact and lead data was clean before you even tried to implement Marketing Cloud, ensured that integration and data migration, because essentially we were using the connector from Sales Cloud to Marketing Cloud, was mitigated as much as you possibly can on a project. And I think that really led to a lot of efficiencies, some of which I think is what we're going to talk about when we get into it with our great guests coming up. Joel, you want to go ahead and uh, introduce Lauren for us? All right. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast our third guest. She's currently working in Michigan. Her name is Lauren Ingram. She is the technology director for client-facing solutions on our PwC global technology Salesforce team. And Lauren, I pray I got that right because that was quite a mouthful. <laughs> you did a wonderful job, Joel. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. So Lauren, I'll, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself. But for everyone listening, I had the privilege to start working with Lauren. I think it was late last year, early no sorry we're in 2021 now it mm -hmm. was it was in late 2019 <laughs> or early 2020 and i definitely have learned a lot from you so really excited to have you on and, and I'll, I'll hand it over to you to say hello Thanks, Joel. And I just have to say, first and foremost, thank goodness it is 2021. I'm really excited about that. Here, here. <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree with that yeah, one. Right, right. And I'm so excited to be chatting with you again. Uh, you know, we've had a wonderful series of challenges here with getting the Marketing Cloud live for PwC. I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, of course, it's always fun to uh, chat with Mike, even though we talk with each other, Mike, I think almost every day right now. Yeah, we're, we're in the bunker pretty closely together, shoulder to shoulder <laughs> right now, I would say. <laughs> I like I like that Mike the bunker because that's really what it what it felt like when we jumped into I'll use that term the bunker originally myself with Christine and Nicole and Anthony and, and the whole gang that when we kicked this thing off ourselves on on our side we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into and you've been a part of this journey for a long time not just marketing cloud but our, our whole Salesforce journey and, and you've been a big piece of that so definitely want to talk about your experience with the CRM side of things and, and how that's translated into marketing cloud and it's a different beast and it's a little bit different and there's a whole different group of players involved. But I think to start off, maybe we can talk a little bit about the rollout and, and some of the challenges that you've had to overcome. And, and I know we've been together on some of those for mm -hmm. sure. So definitely a lot of war <laughs> stories there. But yeah, what are, what are some of the, the key things that come to mind when, when we were rolling things out, um, whether it's the global implementation versus the, the local flavor or focus or people's own local requirements kind of and, and trying to keep a, a, a strong global program going? 
Yeah. And, and Joel, you know, I've been at PwC for a little while now. And what I'm finding, whether you're client facing or whether you're uh, working on something like this, where we're turning it on for the network, that every implementation is really its own story. So while the marketing cloud implementation has had some similarities to the sales cloud implementation, I think it's also very much its own story. For the marketing cloud, the first time this really kind of came up for me was I think in spring of 2019. We had a few territories and at PwC, obviously, we have kind of that global network of firms and within it, the individual countries or territories can make decisions about what they want to do with their own technology. And so we had a set of territories that wanted to start using the Salesforce Marketing Cloud product to run marketing automation. We were super excited about this and it became clear very quickly that this wasn't just a one territory solution, but was really something that the network was going to be interested in and excited in, and we were going to see uh, a, an enormous amount of uptake across the network. So we on the technology side tried to move very quickly to support the business with the technology to do what they wanted to do on the business side. We want to get marketing cloud enabled. We want to get up and running. We want to get our people in and engaged and involved. We moved very, very quickly. We had folks on within a couple of months, I believe, and we really started kind of rolling with those major tariffs territories. That was followed, and, and Joel, I think you probably have some perspective on this as well, but I think was then followed by kind of almost a, a moment where we took a breath and we said, great, we've got some very large groups on the system, but that's not really the full story of everything at PwC. Again, every implementation kind of has its own story, its, its own way that we go through getting things enabled for the business. And in this case, it became clear that we wanted to start turning this on for other territories that might have fewer users but might have different kinds of use cases, different business needs. And so I think, Joel, that's really where you and your team got involved was, hey, we need to start turning this on for other groups. What's the right path to go forward and do that while still kind of supporting the, the fast pace and the growth and the excitement of some of those uh, larger territories? Yeah, I think you're dead on there. And we spoke a little bit about this in our first episode. But when, when our team joined, your team was obviously on the side where you're standing everything up and, and getting everything working. And we were trying to just show up out of the blue and your team had been doing a great job already, but having us come in there and, and trying to figure out, okay, well, how can we work with all the individuals on Lauren's team? And how can we ensure that what what has been done already, we build on it and make it so much better. So yeah, no, I, I think uh, that was definitely a big challenge for us and trying to figure out how we work with the two teams. So you touched on it there, but the the sales cloud implementation. So we had a very successful sales cloud implementation and, and I'm not saying it was perfect, obviously. I've, I've heard enough from lots of people, but it was very well done and it was a machine by the end of it. It was rolling and this was kind of something that was a little bit different. We were back from the beginning. We had the lessons learned, but but we also had some areas where we needed to figure things out. What things did you take from that other global implementation for, for this? Oh, come on, Joel. You know that was a perfect implementation. Nothing went wrong yes, the apologies. whole time we <laughs> just, did it. Just like, <laughs> just like Marketing Cloud too, right? Perfect. Uh, Sales Cloud was interesting and, and I think different because Sales Cloud is a single environment, unlike Marketing Cloud, which I would say more is like the marketing constellation, right? And that's that's true in a couple of different ways. Where Sales Cloud is a single environment, and Joel, I think you said it, but just to be clear, I believe we have currently the largest single environment Sales Cloud implementation in the world right now that we're running with one of the, the largest user bases as well. So very exciting to be part of that journey and that transformation to a single global sales tool for PwC. 
see. Marketing Cloud is, among other things, a set of products, a constellation of products. And so what we find is that where with Sales Cloud, we would turn something on and it would be on for everyone. And that was part of both the, the power of that implementation. Hey, we're turning this on. Everyone is going to be using this in the same way and we're going to drive business change that way. Versus with Marketing Cloud, where we have different products and people also sort of have their own walled gardens within the marketing automation solution, where we're not able to say, hey, we're going to make this change and it's going to instantly change for everyone. We have more discussion, conversation. We also found that with sales, that we had really a drive to have a single global sales business process, which then in turn had to be supported by the PwC technology team to have a single global technology kind of experience and driven process under the hood. Now, you and I, Joel, could talk all day long about the exceptions to that, right? Whether those are legal <laughs> exceptions in some European countries, yep, whether that's data storage exceptions in, um, in, in other countries. I mean, we could go all day long. But by and large, we were able to drive the sales cloud that way. Marketing, I think, we are finding is, like you said, it's a different animal. Everyone wants to do marketing a little differently and has to do marketing and marketing campaigns a little bit differently because they are so focused on the experience of the person who's getting those campaigns, who's receiving the invites to those events. Marketing is really, I would say, uh, hyper-local, perhaps in a way that sales is not. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. And it's further magnified by our structure, <laughs> having multiple networks of firms in each kind of having their own. I mean, they all answer to the partnership of, of their country, not a global partnership, despite us having these big global bodies trying to make sure that everything is consistent across the world and consistent across our brand. So I like how you brought that up. And, and I'm laughing at the kind of individual territory one-offs and issues. I think if we talked about that, neither of us would have any hair by the end of this podcast interview. So I don't think we, True. and I don't think our listeners want to want to hear about that. Yeah. If we talk about the consent topic and I love solving the consent topic, but outside of this mm. forum, we talk about that plenty. I think Lawrence will avoid that. I think I can give an example though, to help everyone to your point with CRM, whether you're talking Asia or North America, wherever, it's pretty similar. The data you're collecting about a person, right? So to your point, sales cloud, yes, there's some slight nuances you had to deal with from territory to territory, but as compared to marketing, I'll give an example we haven't got to yet that we can <laughs> dread for the future. But when we get into Asia, email marketing isn't near as big of a thing. Marketing on WhatsApp and WeChat or and those messaging apps becomes a much bigger thing. And that's something that you have to navigate through, right? No, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you brought up consent and, and that, of course, is its own wonderful challenge. But I think just for our listeners, you know, we find that navigating uh, who we are allowed to market to is actually also a local question and ultimately has to drive technology changes and platform uh, support under the hood has to be different. In, I would say, the same way, Mike, that supporting a WeChat or supporting a, an Instagram conversation, it needs to be a little bit different than supporting just simple email marketing. Not that email marketing is simple, but th those are different sorts of, of challenges. And to your point, I think we do see those challenges being more varied in nature than perhaps uh, the, the sales cloud implementation. 
Now, of course, if we talk about scale, scale is a little bit different for sales versus marketing as well. For any of our listeners that have done sales implementations, you sort of know that you wind up with your whole sales force and a constellation or a collection of additional users that need to be part of the sales process in one way or another, all as users in the system. Whereas in marketing, we might wind up with simply the marketers, the marketing management, perhaps a few sort of leader level folks that are in the system. So it's it's a smaller user base typically, but one that tends to be a little bit more demanding by nature of the work that they're doing. So again, lots of contrast there, neither good nor bad, but but just as we talk about how is this different, I think uh, I think some challenges there. I know we're going to talk in a second about something very near and dear to your heart, innovation and kind of what we see for the future. But before we do that, let's dive in a little bit more in our um, intro segment that we did. We talked a little bit about Kevin Siminski and Christy Nemec's involvement and alluded to Mm. some of the product discussions I think you're alluding to. Talk about the unique nature of the relationship between Salesforce and PwC. Again, using the bunker analogy, having the product (laughs) team directly in the bunker with a shoulder to shoulder, solving some, you know, pretty hairy issues that you guys uncovered with your complex way of doing business, which was great because not only were we able to make the product right for you, but we were able to make it better for others. Just talk a little bit about the process of dealing with those product issues and the benefits you think of how we've been able to collaborate Salesforce and PwC tightly on overcoming some of those issues and trying to uh, start to pick from that constellation you referenced of uh, innovations and get those things adopted. Yeah. And you're right, Mike, the ability to work with Salesforce when we find things that are, are, are slowing us down has been huge for us as a product team and as a, as a company. I would say that one of the things that we found early on with our marketing program is that we're doing it differently. And I think that all of you over on the Salesforce side would agree that if you if you give PwC options A and B, we're likely to choose C because we have to, because there's some reason that we need to do things a little bit differently. Obviously said in good humor, but uh, really leading to the thought that PwC as a global network of firms simply has to operate a little bit differently than perhaps a singular marketing organization for a global company. So what that means from our perspective is that we have a series of needs to, for example, sequester data information between different territories to make sure that we keep our lines of sight to different kinds of information really clean across the system and and really to make sure that each of the different marketing organizations to a very large extent is able to operate within the system as though they were alone in the system. Now, because this is a little bit different than the standard large team kind of approach, we found that we encountered a number of scalability issues, which I I think Salesforce was a little surprised to find as well. Maybe Mike not surprised to find that PwC was finding these (laughs) things, but but they were sort of these unusual scenarios that we we came up with because we were doing things a little bit differently than the average uh, company might be out there. And I think in specific, we found that because we were running so many journeys in so many business units with so many users, et cetera, et cetera, that we were hitting some scale issues when we were trying to bring information out of the sales cloud into the marketing system and vice versa. And you know, I think this is a really great example of how a strong partnership between PwC and Salesforce has really benefited us and really helped us 
move forward quickly together. We were able to quickly come to you and say, hey, we're finding these issues. We don't know what they are. Can you help us look at them? You guys were very quick to put some feet on the ground to say, yeah, we'll take a look. That doesn't sound like that's right. You guys came in with your product team. We were able to have those conversations, have your team look at it and uh, and really begin to ideate around how do we uh, help PwC kind of move at global PwC speed and and kind of that, that broad scale that we are operating at. I think that that as we've gone forward, that the initial move to quickly resolve that particular item and the willingness to continue to dialogue with us about other items that have come up has been really wonderful for us as a partnership and, and something I certainly am anticipating and, and pleased to see and, and hoping that we see more of in the future. Yeah, and I'll say too that the partnership has not only benefited you and what you're trying to do, but while much of what you guys have found, to your point, yeah, it was option C, but you know what? <laughs> all of your option Cs are, none of them are like, why would they want to do that? They all make sense. You know, in particular, some of the scale issues you're talking about when you came to us with your scenario, it's like, okay, we haven't dealt with that at the scale you're doing at it, but it makes perfect sense that another company might do it. So I, I think that's been one of the really great things about the partnership is we're, you know, we're driving the platform forward for you, but we're also driving it forward for all Salesforce customers and it's a win all around. So good segue there into, again, to get to the topic that I know you're excited to talk about. So we've talked a lot about how we got to where we are. We've got PwC's global instance that we have several territories throughout Europe and North America and ANZ operating on the global platform. We've dealt with all the nuances and territory to territory with email marketing. But for right now, which is where most of these implementations starts, it's kind of focused on email marketing. And we've started to roll out, to your point, from the Constellation, we've started to roll out the Social Studio star and some other stars. Where are you most excited to see the program go in the coming 18 months, five years, however you want to shelve it? And what are some of the challenges that you think you'll face along the way? Yeah, I, I think this is really where things get fun. Now that we're bringing more groups onto the system, now that we're over some of those early hurdles, I think we're uh, in a really exciting place. I'm really thinking at this in a few different ways. First of all, of course, we've got to think about this from the product level or, or from the IT kind of point of view or lens that for us, I think over the next 12 to 18 months, Mike is really going to be about turning on features that we need to turn on, turning on new capabilities, turning on or enabling some of the new suite of feature functionality that Salesforce is providing for us and kind of working on getting those out to everyone at scale and at speed so that we can begin to have all of the, all of the things available to all of the marketing teams. Again, a, a little bit different from the sales cloud, we can't turn it on once and have it available to everyone. It really becomes about kind of uh, bringing each group up to the, the total level of uh, maturity, if you will, over time. A lot of this is about just making sure that we've brought all of the groups to where we think they need to be, or honestly, where they think they need to be with the capabilities. And I think what we're going to see initially for, for a lot of our groups is how are we making sure that we have a repeatable process? How are we making sure we're, we're upskilling or, or knowledge training? 
training some of our people? How are we using analytics to inform the next best action for what people are going to be doing in the system? How do we kind of, uh, again, seeing the business bring people up to where they want them to be and, and kind of bring those complex journeys, those new and exciting events, the really fun pages that people can access? You know, I think we're going to see that kind of spreading and growing. And as the territories and groups talk to each other and influence each other, I think we'll see a lot of growth there. And what this, I think, means for us kind of at the top level on the network of firms is this means that we're going to start over the next uh, 6, 12, 18 months to really have an enormous amount of power to do things in a similar fashion because we have that similar suite of capabilities, because we're accessing the information in the same way, because we're starting to see that learning and sharing across the network be stronger. And we're already seeing a lot of that now, but I'm very excited to see it over the next the next year. One of the things you've hit on a couple of times that I think PwC does exceptionally well that seems like a small thing, but I see it missed a lot that I think is worth emphasizing is the understanding from a technology team that a big part of what you do as a technologist isn't just understanding the technology, it's being able to talk about the technology in a way that people from a business point of view can understand. And then on the flip side, as a leader, which you of course are, talking to people on the technology side in a way where they can understand the business part of it and bridging that gap. That's something that I think PwC does a great job when you talk about implementing thing A from the constellation. It's like, okay, let's not just implement it because it's cool and it's a good feature. How are we going to use it? From a leadership standpoint, and I should point out an anecdote. Lauren actually gave me some coaching recently and it was well received and it was on point about how to talk a little bit more business and less technical to business people. Talk a little bit about how you A, instill that within your team, B, how you kind of act as the traffic cop between your team, territories, in-house consulting teams, us at Salesforce, how you balance all of that, and what's some of the foundational culture elements you try to instill within your team and within the broader project team, what those things are. Yeah, I think the most important thing is the communication and being really transparent. It's something that I, I try to drive and and it's something that I've learned a lot about since coming to PwC. If you have feedback, provide it to someone in a positive way. If you're seeing something that someone's doing really well, go ahead and let them know so that they know that they're doing a great job. I really try to encourage my team to, to speak with each other and I really try to encourage us to go and have the conversation with someone. I think it's so easy in this day and age to just send someone an email, to send them a chat message, to, you know, to make assumptions because people are moving so quickly, you know, and everyone's kind of that the pace of conversation has really amped up in maybe the last 10 years or so. But what I think is so important is to take the time to, to speak with people because, you know, we need that conversation and to be able to be really transparent. I think encouraging the team as well to take ownership has been really important to me as a leader and is to my leaders as well. It's really, I think, encouraging for folks to see that they're they're trusted to make decisions. And, you know, of course, please check. But I think it's really important to trust people to make decisions, make sure that they have the, the information they need. 
And then, you know, Mike, when we talk about collaboration between different groups, I try to think less of myself as a, a traffic cop. And I think maybe a little bit more try to think of myself as a connector. How do I connect you to talk with Joel? How do I make sure that I'm connected to talk to somebody in one of the territories that's having a concern or a question? How do we make sure we connect people with the information they need so that they can uh, do the job that they need to do? I think if we really think about, you know, the human element about being transparent, about making those connections and about trying to drive that as a culture, I think that that really gives us a lot of power and, uh, and a lot of speed in execution as well. Great. Thanks so much for all the detail. That's awesome. Before I uh, pass it back to Joel to ask any closing questions as we wind down here, this is a people podcast at the end of the day. <laughs> Tell us what anything you'd like to about Lauren Ingram, the person. Oh my goodness. I have a whole novel, Mike, but uh, <laughs> I'll try to, I'll try to refrain. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I could kind of give you the biography details. Used to work for Salesforce, came to work for PwC on the client side, came over here, have had uh, not one, not two, but three kids along the way, live in Detroit, Michigan. I think all of that is probably on my LinkedIn for the most part, but I think what's been really fun and exciting about, um, about working at PwC, honestly, working at Salesforce as well, has really been the the excitement of being part of something that's that's really big and and about being able to do things that really make a difference. I know we uh, yeah we talk all the time about wanting to make a difference in the world and uh, you know I I think standing up a sales or a marketing system is one of those things where look we're making making people's lives better incrementally. I think that's that's important to remember, but we're also enabling uh, PwC as a firm to be able to do um, bigger and better things faster. So that's pretty exciting. And I think that, you know, for me, the other fun and exciting thing has been I've, I've had the opportunity to work with some incredibly smart, uh, funny, interesting, challenging human beings and, and really uh, just, just being able to spend time and really learning from the, the best of the best of the best. That's exciting. And, and it's super, super fun to do it. So I, for one, am really excited about where we're going next as a firm and, and, uh, and as people. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to the next chapter. That's that's great. And and I think when when you talk about those super, super intelligent, challenging people, you're you're 100 percent referring to myself and Mike. So I thank you for that. <laughs> no comment. Can I do no comment um, on a podcast? Joe? <laughs> you can you can do no comment if you want. You can. Yeah. Um, no, but Lauren, thank you very much. And, and I'll echo Mike and some of the sentiments you said. You've you've given me some feedback that I've taken and talking about how to appear in front of territories and how to present yourself. And I really do appreciate that. So that's that's definitely all the things she said about uh, working with her team is is all true. So Lauren, I I know I'm sure you've got to run. Thank you so so much for for joining us. And I don't know if this was your first podcast experience, but hopefully launch hour was was great to you. And uh, really looking forward to see how this one turns out. It's been fun. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see what comes next. Thank you so much, Joel, and thank you, Mike. Thanks for the fantastic conversation, the interesting questions, and um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Lauren. Absolutely. All right. A big thanks to Lauren for that super engaging interview. Hopefully all the listeners out there found that as exciting as I did. Lauren has been a, a tremendous part of our project and just hearing her talk about it and her vision for the future is, is always really inspiring and exciting. And it, I think hopefully if there's any PwC listeners out there, it kind of gets you excited for the future of, of marketing at PwC. Mike, what are your thoughts? I thought Lauren, I mean, she sounded like she'd been practicing and this isn't her first podcast, but I thought that was good. 
No, exactly. I mean, we were joking in the start about how we're grizzled vets. She definitely came off sincerely as a grizzled vet, very polished and insightful and stoked for it. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate the time so much. Yeah, I'm sure she'd love to hear uh, that she's being called grizzled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I probably should rethink that. Um, no, well, no well way. seasoned, I like that. I like that. polished veteran, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, of, absolutely. Uh, interviews. Okay, so I think we don't want to keep listeners around too long. I'm, I'm sure you'd love to keep listening to our voices. And I mean, it's it's a it's kind of that time of year where most people are hunkered down inside. If you live in in Canada, where we're getting lots of snow, but if you venture outside and you want to take a walk and and listen to us, we we always appreciate it. So continue to look at our splash page, pwcpodcast.splashthat.com. We're really looking forward to hearing from more of you. So our email is gbl underscore launch underscore hour at pwc.com. And as always, Mike, how can they engage with us on social media? Yeah. So we encourage all engagement. Do you want to hear more of something? Do you want to hear less about something? Do you never want me to say the word amp script again let us know <laughs> please on twitter or linkedin use the hashtag pwc launch hour and before our next episode we'll make sure to give that a look and try to spend a few minutes in the technocentric mailbag so to speak joel the technocentric mailbag i like it all right well with that uh, let's close off episode number three of launch hour thank you very much everyone for joining us and uh, we'll see you next episode bye everyone bye